Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome back, parents. We're so glad you're with us again. In the month of May, we've been talking about building a great childhood for your kids. And we've been having so much fun because we've been talking to our kids about how their childhood was. And so uh, we're going to continue that today. And so I just want to talk about how childhood is a place in history. In your children's history, it's the history of their life. It's like a the beginning section of their little timeline. And it's part of our journey here on earth that we get to build who they are and who they're becoming. And it's actually an honor that we get to do that. We get to come along beside these little people and we get to put in their experiences and their opportunities. Yeah, and so today, so last week we talked to kid number one and five, And so today we're going to slide in kids two, three, and four, Madeline, the second daughter, Macy, the third daughter, and Mackenzie, the fourth daughter. So we're going to let them introduce each other. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Okay, get to the mic. (laughs) My name is Macy, and um, I'm describing a little bit about Madeline. Madeline is 18 months older than me. She is, um, I would say she is marked by faith. As soon as we started talking about childhood, one of the pictures that popped in my head was we went to private school growing up and we would always wake up in the morning and I'd just roll out of bed and go start getting ready and Madeline was already up um, sitting on her bed with her Bible open, just like reading her Bible. And I don't know how long she'd been up or what she'd been doing. When she was seven or so? Yeah, yeah. this is like three years old. <laughs> I, I am very holy. <laughs> I crawled out of my crib and she was just, uh, we were independent too. Um, no, it was probably, I was at least in middle school. She was in high school. Yeah. So, or maybe we were both in high school at the time. Um, but I'd say her life was marked by faith is one thing I love about her. And I'm Mackenzie, and one thing that is describes Madeline is uh, sixth grade, she started discipling me and a group of my friends, and that has been something that's been consistent through the rest of my life, where she will like choose to invest in my friends and um, like, invest the characteristics of God in the people that I'm around, um, which is really, really cool to have an older sister that cares about me in the way that she does through like challenging and pouring into my friends. And then Macy <laughs> is, um, to describe Macy, uh, it's hard to use words because she is a huge feeler. And so the feelings that she like brings into a room and like affect the way that she affects the room is absolutely beautiful and incredible. She's a worshiper and a woman after God's own heart. And this is Madeline, and I get to say a little bit about Macy. She is my first little sister. She made me a big sister, and she is 
polar opposite to me in every way I can possibly think, except for the fact that we look exactly alike. She and can talk the same. And talk the same. She can sing. She has way more and emotions than I can't. She has way more emotions than I could ever even begin to fathom or imagine. She um, is like logical, but also she's like scheduled and timely, and I am neither of those things. And so she has taught me how to be a better version of me because she has brought all the things and the things that I am bad at. She has like brought to our relationship and she has like made me look way more like Jesus just by being Macy. Last one. Uh, Macy here again. Um, I also wanted to add that Madeline is like one of the funnest and best moms in the whole world. We literally were driving home from my graduation and Truett, her baby was just so tired and Madeline never got frustrated. She never like, I don't know what she felt, but she never showed any like anger. She just kept saying, I love you. I, I love your passion. <laughs> so, so sweet and so patient. And she's always been that way. Um, and then I just want to say about Kinsey is that she is loyal and faithful to her core. And she is the most intentional person I've ever met. And I don't, I don't think I've ever had a surface conversation with Mackenzie. Like even when we were little girls and we'd lay in bed at night, she'd be like, how many stars do you think there are in the world? (laughs) That relates to how, how often God thinks about us. You know, and I'm like, you're four, you know, like just go to sleep. And she just really is intentional. And she has a deep, deep heart that she like wants to give and invest in everyone around her. Mackenzie, this is Madeline here, and I would describe her as the gym of the Manning family. She is our, Cinderella. She is our shining star, our prize possession. Cinderella. Y'all are the weakest sisters. <laughs> she is Aww. in every sense of the sound. <laughs> but she seriously, she is pure in heart. She loves Jesus with everything that she has. Uh, she loves people with ridiculous passion and she is able to like get in the depths of people's heart in about one second. You say, hi, how are you? And then all of a sudden Mackenzie is like there in the deepest places of people's heart ministering to them. Um, and so she really is, I tell people all the time, I'm like each man and gets progressively better the more you know them, but then it gets to the peak at Mackenzie. The boys are also <laughs> awesome, but she's the peak. And then they just kind of sit close beside her awesomeness. And so far, no one has been able to deny that truth in the culture or in the group of people that we've been hanging out with. Wow, you guys are, those are very worthy introductions. <laughs> For sure. You guys, we can go on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, let's, let's move. Let's to go the, to childhood. Yeah. How about let's yeah, move to yeah, childhood? Yeah. We should do a group hug. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so girls, um, tell our parents, what is it that you loved about your childhood? Not all at once. <laughs> <laughs> I loved... Being able to be myself, uh, that sounds a little bit, uh, I don't know, cheesy, but a few examples of that was I loved, 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 and still do babies. And so like my parents and siblings helped decorate my room to where I could turn it into a house. So part of my room was a nursery, part of it was a kitchen. And then like all growing up, I just got to play and play babies and be myself. And then around maybe five or six, I realized that I also like to be a little bit loud and pretty obnoxious and in your face. And never once was I like told, Madeline, stop. That's annoying. Madeline, stop. Be quiet. It was just like, 
Like they just let me be me throughout my whole Only childhood. Only Molly told you that. <laughs> no, they all did. <laughs> and so I just like got to be myself uh, through my whole childhood. And I feel really confident in who I am now. Like I'm watching as friends and as peers, I, like head into a season of being moms and young adults. And they are insecure or deal with a lot of comparison and things like that. And I have not really had to deal with a lot of that because I feel so confident in who I am. And that's because I was able to be who I wanted to be, whoever that was, whether that was a mom or a cook or a shop owner, or I wanted to have 10 kids or one kid, whatever the imaginative thing that I was feeling that day or personality that I wanted to have or accent that I wanted to speak in, whatever it was, I was able to like fully be myself as a little kid. Uh, and then that like has shown as an adult that I'm also able to fully be myself. Two thoughts. Um, one thing I loved about my childhood was that I felt like we were empowered to be independent. Like I remember picturing McCade whenever he was like really little. And McCade's the little one. McCade's the youngest. Yeah. He, we would come downstairs and he'd like poured himself a bowl of cereal. <laughs> he's and like two. Yeah, he's still in diapers <laughs> for sure. Up in the yeah. Pantry. And so I think from a really, I mean, I did my laundry most of my life. Like growing up, our mom, as soon as we could reach the washer, we would throw our clothes in there, reach the soap. <laughs> So I think she just empowered us to be independent, which is just so important. I could go on and on about watching little kids, parents hold their hands' lives, hold, whoa, parents hold their kids' hands throughout their whole life, and it, like, hurts them more than it helps them. So she, y'all definitely empowered us. I loved that. And Did you then, love it when you were growing up? <laughs> I don't think I knew it was happening. Right. <laughs> like looking back on it, yeah, yeah. Like looking back on it, I think I loved that. But you never resented it or anything because oh, I have to do all these work or whatever. Because it, it just felt like freedom. Yeah, part of it, I think. Yeah, freedom. And then um, I forgot the other thing. <laughs> so maybe come back. Commercial. This is time for a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, one thing, this is Mackenzie. One thing that I loved about uh, our childhood was the people that got that we got to be surrounded by. And so, even as um, the girls were talking, I was just thinking of like all the different people that are lifelong friends that got started because my parents had healthy friends that had incredible kids that were doing the same thing. And so there was never a time that I was at a friend's house and never like didn't feel safe or secure or like that that home was not a healthy, good place. And so I think that was one of my favorite things is our home being a safe, that, a place that was safe and good and then also being able to go to 15 different friend's houses and then being safe, good homes. I remembered. Oh, good. My other thing. Um, this Macy again. Uh, we played. I remember in our... Louisville house we only had one tv and it was in y'all's room and it only had like 13 channels so it was before technology was really <laughs> right. that big but I remember we just played we played dollhouse we played outside in our new house we played this game where we had inflatable balls and we'd throw them all around the stairs like we always played outside we played in the pool for hours during the summer I think with friends or siblings uh mostly siblings I think it just depended on mm -hmm. the season but we just, we, we really did play more than we did anything else. And we used our creativity and imagination to build things and do things together. So let's flip it now and say, those are things that you loved about your childhood. What, how do you wish your childhood was different? What are some things that you think about that you went, wow, or maybe as you're thinking about your families and some things you're going to do, your families that you're going to raise, 
What would you do differently, or what would you, what, when you were growing up, what did you wish was different? Maybe less siblings sometimes? <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to say that. I quit doing my laundry all the time. <laughs> I wish I had more time alone with my parents. Like, I think, I think I remember a couple times during Christmas time, me and mom would get to go shopping together to buy gifts for everybody, or there was one or two times me and dad went on a special daddy-daughter date. But I definitely think... I wish I had more time alone with my parents. There was just always a lot going on when mm-hmm. parents were yeah. around. True. Yeah, let me just take a minute and preach at the parents. That is very valuable um, to take that child on a one-on-one date and to make that be, I mean, you heard it from the mouth of our child. It, looking back at her childhood, that's what she wishes. And so to just encourage you parents to make that be a regular, you know, maybe even a monthly thing, whether it's a breakfast, lunch, dinner. I mean, Don was always really good about grabbing a kid and taking him to the store with him. Did that count, Macy, as individual <laughs> time, or did it have to be yeah, special? I never, I never went. <laughs> <laughs> that would be we Madeline did, or yeah. McKenzie because they're quality time. Yeah. Well, and that does work. Um, you know, so often if you're going to Lowe's, just, you know, especially when they're younger, you guys were younger. A lot of times it was um, just take off and off we went. But thinking more but about. But you always stopped and got them a treat too, whether it was a drink <laughs> or a Because I wanted a treat. <laughs> and so therefore they got to get a treat too. What other things do you think about that you, you wish were maybe different about your childhood? I think one thing that I'm learning now is just how important it is to celebrate my little person uh, in everything that he does and feeling like I was always loved, I was always supported, but I don't know if I was necessarily celebrated. The idea of like, well done, you did it, you're amazing, you're incredible, whereas not the most common phrases. And so I wish that we would have, but then also on the flip side of that, I wish we would have just like celebrated more like our birthdays we celebrated, but like our last days of school, we never really celebrated those or our first days of school. It was more like, hopefully you get there. We're going to drive. Hopefully we're not late. You know, it's a kind of rush, throw you in the car type of thing. And so just feeling like as I'm now raising a kid, I just want him to know that he is the greatest thing and that we love him and that he's celebrated in every little moment of his life. And I don't want to be too busy with what I'm doing or with what Larry and I have going on. That's my husband or with like other kids to celebrate each kid's little, little or big thing. Even if it's just like celebrating their first step or celebrating their, their first birthday or whatever it is, just him, him to be able to look back at his life and feel like he was just so celebrated by his parents and that we were his biggest fans, his loudest fans. We held the biggest signs and the most obnoxious things at every event he had because he was like so celebrated. So good. And I think the thing that stands out for me is, um, like the concept of affection. And so, um, like there wasn't a lot of affection between my parents that we like visibly saw very often. And so like, it just is kind of a rarity in my head and my mind for affection to be a thing. And there were, <laughs> um, like there are other family friends that like were a lot more affectionate. So then every time it, we were around them and they were being affectionate, we were always like, Whoa, what? <laughs> so that, like, so you like parents get to be the people that take away mystery from that area in the way that they like hold their kids' hands and give them hugs and like say I love you unlike conditionally because that like affection is 
doesn't need to be a mystery from their parents. And so then whenever they start finding it in the world, if it's not what their parents gave them, then they will not accept it because it's not a mystery. Yeah. And, you know, neither Suzanne or our big physical touch people. But what about towards you guys? Did you feel like that you got a lot of hugs or did you feel like it was... Um, if you were a baby, you did, right? Yeah. Like the- <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I can remember a lot of times that we were kissing on the babies, but I don't necessarily remember... A lot of times that like as we were five, six, seven, eight, nine, that they would say, come over here let me just hug you. Let me cuddle you. Let me snuggle you or like whatever. It was normally just there's a lot going on and the baby was the one that got the attention. Whoever the baby was at the time, which if you're the second born, you weren't the baby for very long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that's one thing I would tell the parents is that I think that um, we could have been more physical touch when you guys were growing up. And I look back on that and say, and it's a great thing to do is even when they don't, even when they're, you know, gangly teenagers and don't act like they want it, especially the boys, you know, it's just great to go up and give them a hug. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah. And that kind of transitions into the next question that I want to ask you is that as a child, how did you view us as parents? Like what did, what were, were we were we scary? Were we, you know, because I just want, I want you guys to give our parents that are listening kind of insight into what their kids are seeing them as or how their kids are seeing them. And particularly because you guys were growing up when we were in the younger stages of our parenting, you know, so I think the boys got some, we always say that the boys got benefit because we learned a lot <laughs> from when we were there. But when in the early stages, especially, uh, yeah, what did that look like? How did you view us and, and good and bad, you know? The first thing that comes to mind is, uh, this is McKenzie, um, the answers of questions, questions that I didn't even know that I could ask or needed to ask because you had a ton more life in front of you than I did or behind you than I did. And so and that probably was not what little Mackenzie would say, but looking back, that's what I feel like you guys were, were the answers to questions that I didn't mm. even know. It's good. good. I feel like um, mom, the two words that I had for mom were safe and invisible. <laughs> she was like a safe place for me to go to. But then looking back at all of my childhood memories, I actually don't even remember where she was or if she was at, them. I mean, no, she was at them cause she had to be cause she was my mom. I was behind the camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I like don't really remember her from my childhood, but the result of that was she was always a safe place for me to talk to and for someone for me to be with. But I don't really remember a lot of things about her when I was a little girl. And then with my dad, I feel like he was like wise counsel and um, direct or like the negative word of that is like critical. But um, wise counsel was like anytime we had something to ask a question, like Mackenzie was saying, it would get answered with wisdom, with clarity. But then oftentimes there was times where it was like, oh, this is wisdom and clarity, but this is a long lecture that feels like I'm doing the worst thing in the whole wide world. Oh, and even as a little girl, just remember remembering being like not being able to do my math and feeling so frustrated that I can't do my math, but didn't feel like, I'm like, oh, I need to go ask my dad, but feeling like a little bit of dread because I was afraid I was going to get in trouble that I couldn't do my math. But really it was just like wise counsel that he was trying to help me out with. And so looking back at it, like now I trust him as like a wise counselor and I know that he's not trying to be critical. But when I was a little girl, I think I felt that more. So it's good. I'm going to go child development on us real quick. <laughs> this There's, is Macy. Yeah, this is Macy. There's this really cool pyramid. It's called Haslow's hierarchy of needs. And they go through these different levels of basic needs that kids need 
that kids like have to have in order to thrive and survive to thrive basically. And the bottom, I remember studying it in college in the bottom categories. I never questioned that my parents could provide. It was like food, water, shelter, protection. Um, and then as it went up, it was more like emotional, like security. You're proud of them, affirmation, stuff like that. And so I would say my parents did a great job of creating that foundation of provision. And the story I feel like God reminded me of as my sisters were talking was my sophomore year of high school, all my friends were going on a mission trip over spring break. I didn't think I wanted to go till it like came, the time came to go. And I remember sitting in my room crying and being like, I really wanted to go. And the next morning my dad came in and was like, hey, you got to get to training. I paid for your trip to go get in there. And I just like remember that moment because my dad provided for me and he had my whole life but for some reason that moment like solidified it in my heart that like my earthly father provides um and then the other thing I would say was that you guys were busy like your lives were just busy and full and so I always knew you were there for me I always knew I could like stop you and get help but I didn't necessarily, I feel like the picture, the phrase I got was like, I didn't ever feel like looked at unless there was like a problem that I needed help with. I wasn't given extra attention necessarily. So I just saw you guys as like busy. And I think that that was okay. Cause you were busy. It was, you weren't trying to pretend to be something you weren't, but it, I definitely remember having a similar hesitation of like, Ooh, I don't know if I can go talk to mom and dad. They're so busy. They've got yeah. four games tonight, and they're spread out all over the place. I need help on math, but I'll just figure it out because, like, they're busy. Mm -hmm. so. That's good. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things I want to point out with this is that, man, we weren't perfect, and we were busy, and there were things <laughs> going on, but yet, I mean, you guys have, have turned out great. And so, you know, as we transition and kind of towards the end of the podcast, how is growing up as a Manning – made you who you are today? That is a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> who am I today is the first question. <laughs> I think I have a pretty simple answer. Uh, this is the question that I've been looking at this whole time. This is Macy. I um, should have read the paper before. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get the words. Um, I think that something that God's been teaching me a lot lately is that I really deeply desire to serve and like fill needs. In the last year of my life, specifically, I've given everything I can to like fill a need in our church and help with a specific area in our church that's developing. And so I think um, growing up as a Manning helped me understand the need. Like my life's just not about me. It's about like everyone around me. If I wake up in the morning, there's two other siblings that are sitting there and I can choose. Am I going to get my own bowl, my own milk, my own cereal, sit down and eat it myself and do it all? Or am I going to like grab three bowls and set one out for them because I know they're going to eat cereal and it like helped me see that there's a need bigger than myself. And I really do think it gave me a desire to want to serve and meet other people's needs. I think that's one way our family loves each other and takes care of each other is we just look for ways to serve and love. And I think a lot of that comes from our parents because my mom is acts of service and loves to love people by serving them. And my dad has learned to love my mom in that way over the past 20 some odd years they've been married it's like to serve is to love and so to meet needs is to love and I think that that's defined me that I've learned in order to love I don't have to strive to be someone I'm not but I can like love by looking to meet needs it's good 
I think this is Madeline. I think growing up, reading this question, I'm like, it's not necessarily this idea of like how I was growing up as a Manning made you who I am today because that doesn't matter to me what right. my old last name was. Because you're Jones. Because I'm Jones. <laughs> <laughs> threw that one out the window. But it's really like I'm thinking about like who am I today and what was I built on and it was the foundation of parents who love Jesus and who are committed to him no matter the cost. Parents who love each other and are committed to each other no matter the cost. Siblings who will fight to each other, fight with each other and to each other like till the death, you know, and we're committed to each other no matter the cost. I'm like a family who like first loves Jesus and then next loves each other. And with like those two tools, I feel like I can conquer the world. So I feel like who I am today isn't confident. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to fight. I love people deeply, but all of that is because that happened in my childhood as I was made confident because my identity was made rooted as the daughter of the King because my earthly father loved me like a, like a princess, you know, and I was made confident because with and able to deal relationally with people confidently because I dealt with so many relational things with my siblings growing up and I was able to love people, love feelers like Macy and thinkers like McKinsey and love boys like Michael and Maddox and McCade and love older sisters and siblings and younger siblings and love like I was able, all these little pieces, and like it's not really a manning. It's this foundation of Jesus, this commitment to follow Him no matter the cost, and like loving each other and committed to each other no matter the cost, the relational strife, the pain, the ups and downs. Like committed to love each other, like and enjoy each other. So I feel like that's who, how being a manning has made me who I am. This is Mackenzie, um, and the two things that come to mind is the question that people often ask as a sibling in the middle is, so do you feel like you're like having to fill all your older sister's shoes? And I, someone at some point was like, no, we're not filling shoes. We're stepping on ceilings. And so to have seven siblings, the ceilings just get higher and higher. And we like each one of my siblings is a, like a iron that whenever I get to be next to them, we like all sharpen. And so that is what it's like to grow up as like a Manning and in the Manning family. And that has made me specifically into who I am today is someone who like wants to get close to people to be sharpened by them because I've been doing it my whole life. Like being in the middle, I feel like I'm just like consistently just sharpened by everyone <laughs> <laughs> because um, there's just like powerhouses. And so that's um, how it's been growing up. And it kind of feeds into like what I want to do in the future and what I'm getting to do today is just like counseling and like being around people, just simply being a listening ear, because I know that as people communicate what they're like, what God's doing in them, it will sharpen them and sharpen me. And so I feel like that's what happened in our home is as we like listened to each other and grew in our relationship with Jesus and grew in who we were, it like grew all of us into who we are today. Thanks girls. You guys have done an amazing job. Very good to talk to you. It was just so fun to go back and see, um, some of those memories, like it's good to talk to you too, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> we love you. It's um, it's good to talk to you on the podcast. I like that. You know, some of those um, some of those stories. I was like, wow, I forgot about that. I forgot about this. And um, you know, in summary, it's kind of, I always try to take a key point out of these. And um, you know, one of the things you said, Madeline, at the very end there was that 
in spite, you know, and I think about it, in spite of all the busyness, in spite of all the mistakes, in spite of all the, you know, ways God was working on us through the season, we certainly didn't come into our marriage, you know, at the, you know, hopefully the maturity level that we're at today. But I mean, you know, it, but what you said was, is that we were committed to God and we were committed to each other no matter what the cost. And I think that with all the mistakes and all the busyness and things, that's really what came out for our family. And now you guys are commit, still committed to each other. And, um, you know, we're um, so grateful for that. But um, as we wrap up, just remember families that, that you can, you know, we've all have issues. You know, we've, it's parents. We all have issues and we're all striving to, 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 to allow God to fix things. But the key is, is that, man, can you be committed to Christ no matter what the cost? Can you be committed in a marriage no matter what the cost? Can you build a family that's going to be committed no matter what the cost? If you can do those things, God's going to take your unique family and make it amazing. You're going to build a great childhood for your kids. So excited you're with us. Hope you enjoyed this time with our kids, Madeline, Macy, McKenzie, and we um, are excited for... Uh, next week too so as we go forward we'll be meeting with the last two mannings and so we look forward to having that too so in the meantime go be crazy parents crazycoolfamily.com